The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Minneapolis Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Savages, this is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom. Analysts work, you can find at MMAJunkie.com as well as MMA Junkie Radio. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you listen to this, hopefully it's before the fight, because I'm just barely getting across the finish line before the 24 hour mark, which is like the DOA dead time where I just don't even feel like doing it. But then, you know, I, I realize I'm like, I, I got a service to provide, albeit. You know, not really a service. I don't charge, and I don't plan on charging. It's free, but still, try to consider it a service for you folks kind enough to listen to me. So, apologies aside, it has been a crazy week between uh, uh, Dana White Contender Series. Don't worry, we're going to be blowing through this. It's going to be an expedited episode. These recaps will be quick. But, yeah, between uh, studying for this card, uh, the Dana White Contender Series card, and uh, just kind of, not to get too much into it, just kind of behind-the-scenes work, uh, I actually had to record and get my uh the, the breakdowns for the top three cards for next week UFC 239 done this week so I was essentially in like three cards this week so my head was kind of everywhere and uh I even like cut my workout in half last night to not make the same mistake last week and be too fucking pooped so I only did one jujitsu class did good got out before I started gassing out and getting my ass my shit pushed in you your shit pushed in and uh <laughs> And uh, despite my best efforts, man, my brain just fucking turned off. Like, I just really just... I haven't hit my end cap like that in a while, and I did last night. So, did the same thing as last week, folks. Not gonna lie, slept, woke up this morning. And uh, gonna give you an expedited version now. Um, I feel like I'm the Dana White Contender Series mush. Like, I, I... I haven't went to that many shows since the 2017 Inception. But, like, every time I have, there hasn't been more than one finish. So... I'm going to be going every season, uh, or, you know, show this season, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for checking out uh, my recap there. Thank you all for checking out the uh, the pre-show. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I, I usually I usually try to uh, look at myself as, as little as possible. Uh, it's like that episode in Friends. How many cameras are on you? Uh, anyways, <laughs> camera has 10 pounds. Uh, no, just kidding. No, no, no. Actually, I'm really digging doing these videos. It's a good time. Thank you guys for, for supporting those. Uh, Bellator London, I pretty much had all the favorites. And, uh, you know, it, everybody knows the debacle there. I'm just trying to watch it. I, I'll be honest. I gave up on trying to watch it. I still need to go back and watch uh, Lovato Jr., uh, you know, uh, beat Musasi. Um, I know my colleague over there, Luke Thomas, shouts to him, by the way. Uh, a lot of big changes in media, uh, you know, um, been going down. But uh, I, I know he uh, uh, tackled that subject on his his uh, Monday morning analyst. Luke always does a great job. Just wanted to give him a shout. Uh, but yeah, and we were doing some actually some butterfly uh, passing um, last night. That was really fun. So uh, 
It got me all amped to want to go back and check that out now. Um, but I, in my defense, I did I did give Lovato Jr. respect and, and said, you know, I'm staying away from that chalk for a reason. And uh, I'm not going to get into the whole ESPN Plus 12 recap. But, hey, the, the I mean, aside from my flyer on uh, Old Spicely, which it's fine, man. I, I'll lose a bet to watch a fight like that any, any, any day. That was only hence a flyer of my already low amounts. But Ige and Jung came through, albeit Ige not in the way I expected, man. Being able to strike like that with, with Kevin, the Angel of Death Aguilar, was impressive. That was a fun fucking fight. Um, Yeah, they showed up in Greenville, man, so good on them. Uh, and that's going to be it for the recap. Look at that, but under five minutes, and we're moving on. So I downed a bunch of coffee, and it's like kicking in both the speed effect but also the uh, like hiccupy thing sometimes I get. I don't know. You guys don't need to know this. All right, where are we? UFC on ESPN3. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Uh, um, you want some pap? Uh, Dan, I, I don't even know if I'm doing Michigan at that point. Is that Wisconsin? I don't know. They're in Minnesota, folks. Don't listen to me. Um, all right, we're going to go from top to bottom here. Uh, main, this breakdown, you know, not that we're going to get in depth here, but if you want to, MMAJunkie.com, got you covered. Also got a, a video breakdown that I actually really like how it came out, and then I, I fed some interesting stats in there, which I'll try to remember to hit here for... You see it for me, Yosef Benavides. Yosef Benavides. Junior Dos Santos, underdog, former champ, plus 185. As Benjamin chooses his bone in the background, I apologize. Francis Ngannou, minus 225. Um, not surprised to see Ngannou favorite, but just anything over a 2-1 to one spread, you know the, you, you know the deal. You, you got to at least raise an eyebrow to it, low level or high level. Um, especially something like this. And, man, speaking of raising eyebrows, look, do you guys see Junior Dos Santos on the scale? Uh, I peeked at the weigh-ins just before, uh, kind of time-stamping this, before I recorded this uh, weigh-in stuff. Probably went up about an hour and a half or two ago. And, um, yeah, he is looking svelte, you know. Not quite, you know, svelte as, like, you know, when he first fought Stipe Miocic. Oh, Benjamin, relax. Like, that was, like, back in, like, the era of, like, uh, when, 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 when all the Brazilian guys had TNT on their shorts, you know what that meant? <laughs> Not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, he's had a few camps at American Top Team now, and uh, he, well, I guess he's really turning the corner. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, uh, I, I actually really want you know wanted to pick him, and would not be surprised or upset, you know, if, if he springs the upset here. Um, always been a big fan of JDS and. Not that I'm not a fan of Ngannou at all, but man, <laughs> I don't know. We interviewed him in like, yeah, you could really just tell the guy, you know, and I get it. Like he kind of alludes to it in the interviews, He's, you know, I was listening to some interviews saying, you know, I did not help anybody to show me how to do it. And uh, like, I, you know, I get that because he seems really guarded, like, uh uh, yeah, yeah like we, we were trying to get him to do some stuff with the radio show. Sometimes we'll have, have if our, our guests do, and he just wasn't having it. And, like, yeah, man. Uh, I know there's a language barrier, sure, which he's doing great, by the way, and props to him for putting all that work in his English. Uh, but, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it just you don't. The kid's got an ego, you know. I can sense it. He's walking around, slinging that thing around. So he's... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know why I had to go there, but yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but yeah, he, he, you know. And it's funny, like, uh, you, you know, you even hear fighters. I think we had, I don't know if it was Dewey Cooper or Kevin Lee on our show, but they're just like, yeah, a lot of time I'm in guy, and he was like, like, we try to joke with him. He's just always fucking serious, like, lighten up. <laughs> so it's not just my uh, strange uh, observations, so. Anyways, uh, let's see, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to take a sip as I, as I now get, get my dog is like going to town on that bone, which is good. It's better than going to town on his paws, but my goodness. All right, Dan, don't focus on it. Uh, yeah, so essentially, uh, I was just looking at it, but you know, when's the last time you just honest, uh, you know, shot takedowns? And you know, it's definitely been a minute uh, as far as it being a part of his game plan. He's done it against power punchers before, but you got to go back early in his career, like to. Shane Carwin or Roy Nelson, uh, could he do it? You know, now perhaps, but my kind of canary in the coal mine with even guys who grew up wrestling as a part of their style and the reason why they stop and it was like, oh, they fall in love with their hands and uh, you know that can certainly be the case with certain guys, but I, I just think it's like back injuries, man, and knee stuff, like back and knee and neck and all this shit that kind of comes with the game, the wear and tear of MMA and especially wrestling. Um. Wrestling's where a lot of you know the injuries occur in for these guys, especially the MMA guys, when they go into the, those wrestling centric practices. It's 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 tough. Um, it's also tough when you know people drive down the street, blasting their bass speakers like it's nine in the morning. Like, come on, what is what is going on? Anyways, choose the hoods you live in, folks. Um, yeah, uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm rambling here, and I'm getting distracted by every other fucking thing. Let's move, let's push through. I got Francis Ngannou. I guess you can see why. Um, you know, his defense isn't isn't the greatest, but I just see Junior Dos Santos with his dipping jab to the body that he used to kind of subdue pressure. He's, I think he's going to dip right into that patent shovel hook, first round KO. All right, Joseph Benavidez, minus 155 favorite, Juicy Formiga, plus 135 underdog with the comeback. Um... Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, looking at Formiga's two stoppage losses, both by southpaws, both sparked off by body shots. Since then, he's improved his southpaw record uh, to four and two in the UFC. And against southpaws, a face surprising amount of them, you know. I, I don't, like a lot, not a lot come to mind in that weight class. And like, he seems to have faced all of them. Uh, problem is, even in victories in recent ones, like against Ulka Sasaki, you see him like still getting hit with like stuff like the, the you know, patent southpaw uh, body kick. And, uh, that could be bad, um, especially because that's like a pattern of uh, Joseph Benavides' striking stable there. So don't expect that to go from Joe B, even though he will fight from the orthodox position as well. Um, I think he's going to be looking for strikes, but he, he seems to welcome the grappling. I think part of Joseph Benavides really wanted to see that too, kind of like the fans and us did, and really didn't get to go there in their original match six years ago. So I'm going to be looking forward to that, but I don't know how much Formiga's going to be wanting to shoot. You know, he's a judo guy, but his wrestling, since he's been in MMA, has always been a thing. He's actually he's really good wrestling. He might have judo finishes to some of his single leg grabs, but he's not beyond changing his level, shooting in for the double, changing off to the single, turning a corner, doing whatever kind of he has to do to finish. But in that process, you're giving your head a lot. And Joseph Benavidez may be like the one guy, even uh, Formiga... An accoladed black belt, you know, might not want to, might not want to do. 
Sorry, folks. I had to stop recording. If I could only tell you all the distractions and hurdles, the reasons why I get episodes out late like this. I apologize. Let's fucking move on. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, he, he's dangerous if you give his head to him. So I'm going to take Joseph Benavides here. Things to be more competitive than the first one. Got Joseph Benavides by decision. All right, next fight. Damian Maya, favorite, minus 190. Anthony Martin, plus 165. Um... Yeah, uh, Martin was another guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's always lost to Southpaws, right? And I just, well, those early losses kind of stick with him, you know, early on. The Benil Daryushas of the world and Uda uh, Fulkhounds. Um, yeah, well, not even that early on, but OAM, which was a competitive fight. Um, and you really can't look at his lightweight stuff because Marco Martin was de dealing with a lot of. Uh, Acid reflux and other health issues that come up with from weight cutting. And uh, now that I actually have some similar issues, I, I, I definitely respect that a lot more. And he's put the proof of the pudding. Now he's actually getting better every fight, like ridiculously. So that, uh, not ridiculously, but, you know, noticeably at least. Um, so I don't know. I think he opened the favorite here, I want to say. I don't know. But I wouldn't have been surprised. Um... Uh, you know, as far as public, uh, you know, either opening them there or taking them there. But I think people kind of can see that, you know, Maya, Maya usually wins fights like these. Uh, essentially, we got a guy who is a, a middleweight <laughs> and is coming down being a big welterweight and a middleweight who is like strangling guys at nogi at heavyweight levels um, for years. So facing a former lightweight. I know Rocco's got a black belt as well. And that was his first or strongest discipline of all the arts. But you can know what's coming against Damian Maya, and it's just so tough. I love it. He runs the same series every time, but it's just so goddamn effective. There's a reason why those guys are so basic but effective and why jiu-jitsu nerds like myself try our damnedest to study and just even harness a percent of what that guy can do. Um, yeah. So I think Maya gets it done here. I think he's going to get him inside the distance and, and submit him. Um, I played inside the distance because it's practically the same as submission. Like Submission's plus 150, ITD's plus 142. Um, Maya always goes for the sub, but you never know. So I'm going to take a shot there. Uh, unit One of the only real plays, like the biggest kind of play, I guess you could say. Um, I did a for fun parlay, which I'll give you that, I guess, at the end here. But uh, yeah, took Damian Maya. We'll, uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts minus 280. Vince from hell, P. Shell, plus 240. Um, man, I don't know what it is. Vince, Vince can be a really off-putting, angry guy for sure on the surface. Something about me really sympathizes with, uh, with that guy. He really wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, Crazy, wild, sure. Uh, things maybe, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't do myself, definitely sure. But that doesn't mean you can't, uh, you know, appreciate someone for just putting themselves out there. And that guy does. And uh, goes through a lot of adversity in and out of the cage, sounds like. D did this time around, was wondering why it took so long. Read an article. Uh, he was in a motorcycle accident after a back surgery. It's like, Jesus Christ. Um... So it's hard to be confident on him just for that alone. And that's a, uh, that is admittedly why I'm picking against him. But you could tell he just 
fucking does not feel the love from the media or the fans or anybody. And uh, uh, he's a guy that can come back off big layoffs and score those kind of upset knockouts, if you will, granted be a, a closely lined fight against Damian Brown that I'm referencing. But Roosevelt Roberts, man, he doesn't have, uh, you know, the experience uh, Vince, Vince Michelle has, win or lose, you know. Vince Michelle's been in there with, with really good guys and has felt that level. And Sure, it's easy to look at his last fight and look at how Roosevelt Roberts uh, tends to get things done and be like, oh, man, Vince Michelle's in for a long night, if, uh, if not maybe getting submitted again. But Roosevelt Roberts doesn't have the wrestling pedigree uh, Gillespie has, which is an obvious statement, but I'm talking about me. I don't even think he even wrestled in school. Like he just kind of started fighting like in 2014 and just really came on through jujitsu. At least the interview I heard him talking about. So and he shows natural, uh, you know, proclivity to wrestling, especially being as tall as he is. Like he'll hit level changing, you know, reactionary shots, which is impressive for a guy his stature, um, and much less the lack of experience in that department officially. So. Uh, I think it's going to be enough to get it done, and his boxing just seems really comfortable enough. Like I do, kind of worry about that shell and but in the shoulder rolling, but he is rolling the right ways, and I do like that he's confident, but doesn't seem too confident. He will put his hands fully up. He can shoot when it's there. Um, it doesn't seem too reckless, but it is something to watch for, especially the guy with heavy hands like Michelle. Um, so I'll probably stay away from that. And I think Michelle, like by KO, was like plus nine fifty, which is like his path here, right? So if you're staying away or we're looking to sprinkle on some flyers because it's just some stacked-ass favorites that you don't really want to trust, or at least for me, hint, hint, uh, I guess tip of the hat to how I feel about this card, then yeah, I mean, stuff like that could be worth looking at. Um, I ain't touching over any overs or unders, and I know I don't touch on those much, but just they seem to know where to stack them these days, and it's never quite that appealing for me, a lot of them. Um, unless they misplaced it on a five-round fight, then maybe I'll take a look. All right, next fight, Drew Dober, minus 320, Polo Reyes, plus 260. I know Dober opened the favorite, but I know the lines kind of just have has grown since then. Um, I, I came in leaning toward Dober and ended up picking him a bit more confidently, but I don't know if I ever has been as confident as not just the line now, plus 320, but we can even kind of dyslexia those numbers at a minus 230, which I'm pretty sure I saw it at earlier this weekend. I, I still don't know if I, I trust it there. Um, Poyo Reyes is one of those guys that can upset as well, kind of like Bichelle. Um except uh, he doesn't have the counter-wrestling like Pichelle does. And I know it's weird saying after Pichelle just got dominated, but again, that was Gregory Gillespie. Uh, and not that Pichelle is as great, but that just kind of says a level of Poyo Reyes isn't there. Like, Poyo Reyes will defend the first thing. Like, he's like, oh, overhook, fight the hand. Get the leg on the outside. And then the one you chain to the next one, he's fucking lost and you got him. Or sometimes you just get him off the first one. And Dober, to his detriment, has been polished up his wrestling and shooting a lot more. So if he falls into those instincts here, which has cost him in the past, it won't hurt him. So whether he's playing a smart game plan or a dumb one and just starts exchanging, he's got his huge ass chin to protect him and then his level changing sensibilities to. Maybe even save him. We'll see. Or secure rounds. We'll, we'll see. Either way, I, I like his chances on paper. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give me give, give me Dober here, but uh, I don't I don't I don't know if I played it or not. I, I did a five leg here for fun, but we'll see what I put in it. Um, and that's not including my main card picks, which I always put a fun fun parlay for. 
All right, uh, we got Alonzo Menafield minus 265. Uh, Paul Craig, plus 225. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, this is kind of an IQ test. I mean, um, we all know what Paul Craig does by now. And Alonzo Menafield, uh, sure ought to know, uh, because his teammate uh, was one of the people who came to, uh, was the second guy to succumb to his uh, trappings there. Um, and I say that because, you know, I'm not including the Henrik De Silva fight. That was kind of just a dog fight. Although, you know, again, Craig's been a dog in every fight, win or lose. So, and I love it. Nothing can outrun the grace, Scotsman. That's right. Full. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Menafield, uh, kind of had the same thing against, uh, I think it was Vinicius. He fought last jujitsu guy. Knocks him down, follows him to the ground, but does it in a smart way. Uh, uh, you know, there's subtle things he's doing there with his forearm frames uh, to keep safe. Granted, you don't even want to do that for that long with Craig, so hopefully he's even more conservative. But you see him frame, punch, look at him, not hurt enough, stand back up, let a guy stand up, and ends up really cracking him on the feet and uh, really goes for the ground and pound when he knows this guy's sandwiched between the cage and has nowhere to go. So I, I like those instincts there from uh, from Metafield. Uh, he's got a good camp, and you know, safe side is probably going to be threatening him to cut him between rounds if he goes to the ground with this guy. No, no, Coach Safe, uh, and that's not a that's not a knock on Coach Safe. I, I love the passion, and uh, you know I got love for Fortis MMA down there in Dallas. All right, uh, next fight: Ricardo Ramos minus three sixty against. Uh, Journey Newsom, son of the band Journey. I don't know, plus 300. I honestly forgot about this fight and didn't watch um, a tape on the new opponent after uh, Sergio Pettis, I believe was the original opponent, got dropped out. I just forgot about this fight. It kind of dropped from my radar. So I honestly didn't watch shit on Jeremy Newsom. So I put him under the avoid list with a question mark because uh, you can go figure out if you just want to play the chalk and fade the newcomer. Um Ricardo Ramos looks all but impressive, but you know, uh, you know, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I don't think that's anything to 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 knock too hard against the Saeed Narmagomedov loss, I believe it was. But uh, yeah, let's let's see where he goes from here. Um, Eric Anders minus three twenty five, Vinicius Mojeda, we just talked about plus two sixty five. Man, what is up with Eric Anders? Like. It, I love the guy, but it's like, what are, you, what are you trying to do, man? Like, you're just taking these fights last minute, just shooting your fucking career. In the, and it just feels like, like, you know, I'm one of these guys that tempers, oh, so much potential, so much potential. He's coming from this, so much potential. Uh, but, like, yeah, man, I was a, I was a believer in it. I don't want to say was. He's still young in his career, MMA career. But as far as, like, when he first came in, he was a big believer in Eric Anders' uh, potential there. And he just keeps giving himself hard fights or short-notice fights. This isn't a hard fight. I think this is a stylistically favorable, favorable fight, by by the way. I'm picking Eric. But it's like, what the fuck, man? Um, you know, I do like that he's been training more in Vegas and Factory X, although he's kind of coming out, out from uh, Alabama uh, for this one because, again, it's short-notice. But I like it. Even if he just, you know, does his pressure game, he should be all right. Um, you just got to watch out and not go for unneeded takedowns if this guy's fresher isn't hurt. Uh, Anders, uh, aside from football, actually started with jiu-jitsu as far as MMA is concerned and disciplines that relate to, to this. So he uh, he's actually very comfortable there. Um, you know, um, 
he didn't overstay his welcome with an opportunistic black belt like Maluco Perez too much, although he just did. He just ended up just closing distance more than he should have whenever he would get him hurt. So, but even if he does do that, he should still get the win by decision. So I don't blame anybody laying that chalk, I guess, but I just feel like we should all be kind of just ah, holding our breath. And rooting for the guy. I'm picking the guy, but yeah, I don't know. Anyways, all right. Um, yeah, Vinicius doesn't look impressive on the feet, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, all right, Jared Gordon, minus 325 versus uh, Dan Moret. His only losses are all the UFC guys. Like, he is the, that, that that dude on paper who, like, you beat to get to the UFC or, or stay in. Uh, but uh, hopefully... Um, Hopefully he at least has a good showing that said, I'm picking Jared Gordon, and I'm a big Jared Gordon fan. You know, I know he, his action style and his, his just risky nature has cost him a lot in the, uh, in the UFC, you know, and more, you know, more than it's helped him, it seems. But I love that style when he puts it together, that pressure boxing, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu. He's really got all the pieces there. Um, he just kind of has to kind of come in healthy and getting his flow, um, training at Rufus Sport, which will provide him a lot of southpaws for Dan Moret. And I don't know if Dan Moret is a guy that moved or not. Uh, and he trains at the lab, but uh, shout-out to James Lynch. He uh, had an interesting interview with Jakar Close, where Jakar was just talking, kind of explaining more, because I, like, I started noticing guys at Fight Ready, and Eddie, Eddie Chaz, well, yeah, he was with Zombie Granted there for that setup, but, yeah, he was at Fight Ready, and uh, kind of explaining it. it. sounds like there was a split of the coaches if you read between the lines. And Chakar said he was giving an ultimatum. So I guess him and a few other guys ended up going with Eddie. And he kind of compared it to the Dwayne Bang Ludwig situation, uh, Jakar's words himself. So, again, reading between the lines seems like a coach split. There. It sucks. I like Eddie Cha. I like John Crouch. I'm not saying it's that's the issue. But if I'm reading between the lines, that's my guess. And that can never be good. We've seen trends like that as well. Not that Dan Moret means any any negative trend helping helping his odds here. But yeah, I got Jared Gordon. Uh, I think he's just gonna pressure, if not find a late finish, um, put him into play uh, uh, parlay. All right, next fight: uh, Dolce Langjiambula. That's pretty good, right? Uh, versus uh, you know, minus three twenty five favorite versus Dequan Townsend uh, plus two fifty just barely made it day before weigh-ins made weight and he's ready to go man what a what a trooper taking this fight on short notice Dolce coming all the way from South Africa second degree judo black belt looks like he's working his way up the jujitsu ranks but uh, just one of those judo guys where he's like um, he's like a less developed Akiyama where the sense like he just wants to swing. But his technique is just not there, let's just say, yet. Uh, but he's just super athletic, so it saves him. Because when he touches a guy, he knocks him out. Um, he does have some judo throws, but it's more like tosses, like muscle tosses off of trips and foot sweeps, at least in MMA. And he's competent and dangerous with his ground and pound uh, from top top side. He's got your typical quick judo armbar, but it's very judo-esque, where it's not a lot of securing and position. That, it's missing a lot of things, right? It's not as well well refined as the jiu-jitsu armbar because they only have a couple seconds to work in judo for the most part. There's not a lot of ne waza allowed. Um, 
But uh, when he looks like he's put on his back, he just looks a complete fucking fish out of water. Now he can come back and win fights from it and getting hurt, too, in fact, in the fight that I saw. But uh, if he gets put on his back, it's trouble. I don't think he's going to have to worry about from Townsend. Townsend isn't wrestling. He's long, but wrestling doesn't look like his thing. And I don't know how strong he is for as long as he is because he used to fight at welterweight, and he slowly made his way up to light heavyweight, whereas... Dolce, all not big, light heavyweight. He has fought a heavyweight, and uh, you know, you know, will be a, okay. It will be a smaller size, but I think his athleticism will be. It'll be like a little Hector Lombard at light heavyweight. We'll see how far he goes. But yeah, um, yeah, give me the the favorite there. Uh, that's on the avoid list though, because it could be hot garbage. Emily Whitmire. This could be on the avoid list because my bias. Emily Spitfire Whitmire. You, you know I love my girl Emily. Minus one seventy five. Amanda Ribas plus one fifty five. Uh, good, great interview with James Lynch here. And another shot to James. Uh, and I love that she gave a shot to Corey Conway. That's my man. I've been training with for years. One of my favorite training partners. Thirty uh, fiver, but just a beast. Um, Guamanian. And uh, yeah. Um, Real cool story. I don't. Want, I won't get into it here. Let her say it uh, in the interview she gives with James. Go check it out. I think it's the score of May. But uh, <coughs> yeah, um, I, I just think her grappling is going to say. I know she's been working on striking a lot. Wants to show her full game, but her wrestling and grappling has just been really melding into one solid sword for Emily. And I think that's going to save her here, no matter what Reboss brings. But it's hard to save, and Emily admitted herself with the inactivity for Amanda. So we'll see, but. Don't listen to me on this fight, guys. I am completely biased. Um, knowing Emily since she came over from the Pacific Northwest and training with her and just seeing her, how far she's come since, is just great. So I'm going to pick her. All right. Uh, last fight, Maurice Green, minus 105, junior. The babies! Albini, uh, minus 115. <laughs> junior baby Albini. Sorry, every time I just see the baby thing, I just think of the shredder from... Yeah, Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. They're babies. Ah. That's what I think of. Now it's stuck in your head. There we go. Um, I think money coming in on the baby Albini, maybe. Or maybe money coming in on green. I don't know. This is on the avoids list either way. I'm picking green. I just can't trust Junior Albini. Not sure what he's been doing. He was training according to his Instagram for his last camp to avoid the 3-0 skid. 0-3 skid. Ended up getting it, and I haven't seen any pictures of him at American Top Team since. So, don't know what he's been doing for training on this one. Maybe he couldn't afford it. Um, Green. I mean, I guess a hard guy to trust because he's more green, to put you know, proverbially. But, like, uh, I just think he's been missing process from his stand-up. You know, he's got opportunistic submissions and can use his frame. Uh, can defend takedowns decently, which which is going to be good because Albini could you know return to that. But um, it's more just lacking the process and the feet. And seeing that he's training more at Factory X, that puts a lot more confidence as far as that's a great gym to go to. One, and especially for a guy like Green, his size is going to be a lot of guys from middleweight to heavyweight, giving plenty of looks. And they're going to be able to help sharpen uh, Montoya. Probably gonna help sharpen that process for him. So. Give me green and what could be just a really oof, yeah the over like yeah over one and a half minus one ninety I could see that I could see this going over for sure, um and but minus one ninety is not what I want to bet for an over on a heavyweight fight so again another reason why I stay away from these over and unders not much there, 
Um, so yeah, give me Maurice Green. All right, gonna recap picks and plays going from top to bottom, folks. Taking Francis Ngannou over Julian Dos Santos. Taking Joseph Benavidez over UCA Formiga. Taking Damian Maya over Anthony Rocco Martin. Taking Roosevelt Roberts over Vince from Hell. Pichel. Taking Drew Dober over Pollo Reyes. Taking Alonzo Minifield over Paul the Bear G. Craig. Blueberries and cucumbers. Uh, taking Ricardo Ramos over Jordan News. I don't even know who that is. Why am I making fun of his name? Taking Eric Anders over Vinicius Mojera. Taking Jared Flash Flash over Dan Moret. Taking Dalcha Lungjiambul over Dequan Townsend. Taking Emily Spitfire with Meyer over Amanda Ribas. Taking Maurice Green over Junior. Their babies! Albini. Uh, fights to avoid Green. Albini! Uh, Roberts Pichel, I guess Ramos Newsom, unless you watch tape and just want to take that shock. And Dalcha Lungiambula, Declan Townsend. Uh, props, my inside the distance, taking the shot on that at plus 142 at a unit. Uh, sprinkled on Benavidez by decision at plus 140. Let's see what uh, old Dan Tom did for his parlay fund besides uh, the main card picks. I, I did a five-leg. Uh, Yosef Benavidez, Damian Maya. <laughs> After all that shit, I took yeah, Eric Anders in my parlay. Bar, my Jared Gordon and Emily Whitmire. Don't jump off that cliff with me by any means. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I got to get, get a nice number on that for fun. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I also sprinkled on some M Emily Whitmire as well. But uh, you don't follow me on that. All right, that's it, folks. That was a quick, uh, quick episode. Sorry about that. Sorry, I, I, you know, I, I love my boy Benjamin, but my goodness, he's a, he can be distracted always. I get the attention. So, sorry about that. Sorry about the late episode. We're, it means we're gonna have an early episode though, because I'm already like halfway done with my freaking tape study for next week. So we're gonna have fun there. We're gonna have Aaron Bronstetter for the top five coming back to the program. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do for my breakdown show. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I wanna. You know, I like to kind of keep the top five, just the top fives. And I know Aaron already kind of broke down the show or does his own breakdowns, I believe, or whatever over at TSN. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have him on the program next. It's going to be a fun week, guys. I'm sorry if I'm sounding all fucking, uh, it's morning. I just woke up. I apologize. doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun this weekend. Good luck with your picks and plays. And always protect your next.